0: You're listening to the Desperation Podcast, a generation in desperate pursuit of God. www.desperationonline.com. My name is Brent Parsley. I'm the new pastor here at New Life. And uh, we are, I'll tell you what, I'm honored. I'm honored to be able to talk with you today. And... Um, I don't have a, a massive agenda to scream at you and yell at you and things like that. I did all that this morning, I think, and I, I uh, well, you never know, but I, um, I would love to uh, take a little time together to be able to hopefully leave here a little better, some ideas and uh, some thoughts on youth ministry, and being effective in what we do, because we're all here for the same reason, aren't we? We love Jesus, and we love students, and we want those things. Those two, let's call them what they are. We want those two people to intersect, and we want transformation to happen. And so, um, so we're like I said, I'm really honored that you are here today in this uh, session. I'm honored to be able to speak to you. We're honored that you're here at Desperation because um, <clears throat> it's we're we're aware that. Uh, We've had a very interesting past 10 months. You probably don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but we, but uh, we know that it's, it's no little thing for you to come and hang out here. And uh, we're blessed by your presence here. And I'll tell you this, that we're blessed by the miraculous provision of God Almighty in the midst of insanity. Because that's where we've been living for the past 10 months or so. In a bunch of crazy stuff, and again, I'm sure most of you don't know. I just you can ask someone on your way out. What are you talking about? But um, somebody might know, and they'll share with you. Um, and so we we know what it is to uh, we know what it is to feel overwhelmed, and we felt that over the past ten months. And at the same time, we know what it feels like to overcome because we have felt the same. And not only that, but we've done the same. And one of the things that one of the things that one of our associates said during this season that we've been in um, that I thought was so good is as we're dealing with the issues that we're dealing with, he said, "You know, the the story of the cross isn't that really kind of kind of where we're at right now, where Jesus is going through this this uh, horrible, horrible." pain and suffering and torture giving his life dying the blood is flowing out of him he's just about gone um you know he's of course he's doing this willingly for us but he's suffering 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 and at the exact same time he is overcoming and that is what the cross is and so that's been a strength to us over this past season and that's kind of where we are here today and kind of the question that we want to ask of you. How are you today? Are you uh, overwhelmed in youth ministry? Because, dude, it can be overwhelming. There is so much going on from the kids and the trips and the counseling sessions and getting my talk ready and trying to get these videos right and then not to mention the phone call that I got from Billy's mom this morning and she reamed me out and you know life is tough I mean all those things and more and then add in the dynamics of um dealing with senior pastors (laughs) um and then and then uh and then, you know, just all the, all the different things that we struggle through in youth ministry. Man, I'll tell you, it's easy to get overwhelmed pretty quick. And you know that. And um, so today, we're, we're not at all presumptuous to, to think that or to even, to even begin to say, Boy, do we have it all together because we have been overwhelmed. But at the same time, we have been overcoming. And so that's kind of the position that I approach you today from, is, uh, is that heart and that stance. We want to be honest with you, a little bit of where we are, and, um, and hopefully uh, come on to some ideas today that will be helpful. We'd like to share some things that are core for us uh, at Tag Student Ministries, and we'd also like to, um, uh, believe it or not, we'd like to try in this, this is kind of a large group to do this in, but I want to see if it works. Um, do you ever just try new things in your student ministry? And sometimes it's like, wow, that was amazing. And other times it was like, boo, let's never do that again. Um, well, at five o'clock today, we'll decide. Um, but I, at the end of just some of these thoughts, we'd like to try to work through some best practice. Because one of the things that helps us to not be overwhelmed is to share with one another some of the things that are really going great. And so I I tell you that so that you can think on it just a little bit, so that when we get there, we'll focus in on specific things, specific elements of student ministry, and hopefully these guys are going to run around, I'll introduce them in a minute, they're going to run around with microphones, and and we'll share some ideas that we've done recently that that have been really great and really worked for us, and uh, you guys, we want you to be able to do the same. Now, here's the thing that you have to think about. We want you to share, um, you're like, oh, great, dude, yeah, fine going to a workshop and I'm doing the teaching okay loser yeah I won't make you do the whole thing but if you have some things and some thoughts you want to share this is the time because we're going to have you we're going to talk best practices okay best practices so it is your time to say I got to be honest with you we're doing this and it rocks it's been so good and can we all just can we all just not be stereotypical youth pastors? Can we all make that agreement here for the next hour? Let's not be stereotypical. Let's not be judgmental and critical and protective. This is my thing. I do it this way in my city and you keep your kids over there and I'll keep mine over here. Don't you dare come over for my kids because I'm going to... Let, let's, let, let's let all that stuff, all that stuff go away and uh, let's be what we're supposed to be, the body of Christ and, and share some... Thank you, one person clapping. And let's, and let's, (coughs) yeah. uh, uh, yeah. It's always effective in fishing for hand claps when you do that, you know. Um, (laughs) And let's, um, and let's, let's let all that stuff slide. And then let's leave here encouraged by one another. And so it's, it's your time. It's not for you to brag or be prideful. But it's your time to say, I got, I got to say, we're doing this, in, it's, awesome, it's awesome, it's so good. And it really works. And so we'll all listen to that and um, critique you. No, I'm kidding. We'll all, we'll all listen to that. Remember, let that go. We're going we're gonna, to uh, take a few minutes and we will uh, listen to those ideas. And then some of them you'll write down and go, oh, that's gold. That's what we call youth ministry gold. And you'll write it down. And other ideas you'll go, huh? No, that would never work in my setting. Never work. I hate that idea. Um, you don't get to say that out loud. <laughs> but, but you might think that. And I think that's okay. Because in, in someone else's setting, that's just kick and tail. It's doing great. In your setting, it won't work for you. But it might spur you to go, I hate that idea. But I do like if you tweak it like this and make it like this. Oh, suddenly you're not so overwhelmed in a certain area of life. But now you're beginning to overcome a little bit more. You with me on that? So that's my goal here. Let's see how we do, okay? Um, I want to introduce real quick. This is Jeremiah Parks. Jeremiah is um, the associate. uh, He's one of the associate youth pastors at New Life here, and he uh, is responsible for leadership development and small groups and discipleship and things like that. And um, he is, he is, uh, what do you say about you? Do you want to tell him how great you are? Okay, I'll do it. Um, seriously, though, he, he, is, he is one of the reasons and really the main reason why um, we've had some great uh, momentum and successes in leadership development and discipleship here. He is a, he is a pastor among pastors, and um, he's a way better pastor than I am, and I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that to, to be cute. <laughs> I don't like to say things that are cute. Uh, he, he really is. And so, um, I thank God for him. I also thank God for Jared Newman. This is Jared. And Jared is our junior high pastor here. And Jared is a hero, a man's man. And listen, these junior high boys, he well, and girls, but especially these guys, he is taking them to brand new places in God. And it's so exciting to watch. I mean, I know I'm biased, but I just think that, I, I think he is one of the premier junior high guys in the nation. And I just... I just got to be honest with you Um, so I'm a blessed man there's no doubt about it so initially now we've started off the session with you going I hate him (laughs) because because some of you are like yeah okay that discipleship guy that junior high guy the high school guy the college guy the children's guy the young married young couples singles guy and the elderly people and the guitar player yeah the janitor who sweeps up that's all me (laughs) Some of you are in that position, probably. And, um, yeah, it's funny because it's true. It <laughs> just uh, you means are, you're really, really, really good. Yeah. Well, you, you are what we call the real heroes of youth ministry. It, it's not suckers like us. It's, it's you guys who really give it all. You know, uh, I, have, I have areas that I get to focus on, and I get to lead, and, and I get to... A delegate and do things like that you're the ones who are at the ground level rocking it and working hard and blood sweat and tears and we do sweat and we do bleed and we do cry especially me you can tell probably already they're super manly I'm the sensitive one uh, but, uh, but uh, uh, now you cry he's sensitive okay. Jared he's never a rock. cries uh, cold and heartless <laughs> um, he hasn't cried since he was three yeah, <laughs> anyway, uh, we should get to some stuff here, but, um, but that's who these guys are, and actually, I'd like to know just kind of quickly who you are, um, so let's see, how many, of you, how many of you are in fact full-time, you, you get paid to do what you do, okay, okay, it's not a majority probably, how many of you, how many of you, uh, you are you are the whole deal you you do everything for the student ministries of the church anybody like that okay so like junior high high school college that kind of deal okay and more um, how many of you are high school specific Wow not very many how many of you are college specific okay a couple all right yeah not there's not very many of you in the country really when you, when you look at it that's why Aaron Stern is man he's a hero um, Let's see, uh, how many of you are junior high, junior high only? Okay, (laughs) they're like, they kind of went like this. (laughs) Yeah, how many of you, okay, how many of you are, uh, how many of you are, you're, you're just volunteers then? You, you volunteer, and you give. We salute you, because we couldn't do it without you. Um, and how about student leaders? Student leaders? Are there any student leaders here? Okay. Yeah. Right on, man. It's great. We love you. Now get out, because you're... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're super glad that you're here. Okay. Okay. Um, well, let's, let's talk about this just a little bit. The idea that, that we want to present is coming out of our own heart of honesty that we, we have felt overwhelmed um, and not always like we're overcoming. But I believe wholeheartedly that we are all called to overcome. And I think that in youth ministry, um, I think in youth ministry, that well, I know this, that we are called to do something that is so very important right now. When you hear Ron Luce talk about the stats and the things, and whether or not you agree with that or not, I don't care, frankly. The the fact is, as you look around at a generation, you know that there are struggles, and they're big ones. And there's lots of them. And so you may have your arguments and disagreements with uh, the 4% number. And you might have heard uh, articles on scare tactics and different things like that, and, oh, you evangelicals, you're crazy, and you always trying to scare everybody into doing your thing and buying your materials and doing all that. And you may have heard youth ministry professors, as I have, and other authors and writers who have said, oh, this 4% is garbage and here's why, and yada, 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 um, to ad nauseum. Well, I hear you. I hear you. And I think there's probably some validity to those arguments, but I think that that's the wrong discussion to have right now. Why are we having that discussion? I opened up a popular, uh, a, a popular magazine and I was reading through this Christian magazine, I was reading through it, and there was an article, the first article was about this idea, and it was kind of railing on it. Oh, this is 4%, this is trash, this is garbage, this is blah, yeah, no, 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 and really railing on it. He wasn't being as mean as I'm being, but he was really going after it and um, talking about the scare tactic. You know what I mean when I say scare tactics? You know, it's a, well. It's all doomed. We're all going to hell. The church is going away. And let's just clarify that really quick. The church is going nowhere. We're not going to be gone. We're not going to disappear. Even if we've got issues here with this generation, that whether or not they're more significant, I don't know. But the church is not going to die. The church is God's chosen vehicle to make disciples of people. It's not going to go away. So, so let's just settle that issue. But... Um, He was railing on it, railing on it, railing on it. I got so mad because I thought, why are you wasting your time having this argument on this number? Who cares about the stupid number? It's the way it's always been. Students are lost and need Jesus. We're the ones to do something about it. We're at the forefront, so let's go do something about it. Why don't you shut up and just write an article on how to help people not be so overwhelmed in ministry? Sorry. I just I just think it's silly so that's why we around here we kind of you know we, we believe in this thing that Ron is doing and this the call that he's sounding we just decided on calling it it probably as some of you, as some of you may have done the same this idea I, there you are more than four this shirt you know here stand up brother this this shirt which is really a cool shirt that's well done what's the back to say your logo it's a nice logo. Say, okay, you should all be taking notes. I mean, that, that, well done. Everyone's like, why'd you get that shirt? where would you get it printed? How much does it cost? What's this t-shirt made of? Um, <laughs> the mind of a youth pastor. Uh, so so um, anyway, I, we just called it more than four. We just said, hey, we want more than four. We don't know what the number is. And frankly, we don't care. We know that it's too few. So you can, more than four just means we want more than that. It's been proposed that there's four. Let's do more than that, and um, and of course, in youth ministry, it always helps to rhyme. (laughs) Sorry, I hate I hate rhyming, and I hate rhyming. But it just happened to me that one time. Uh, Anyway, just (laughs) you're gonna hear me say a few things like that that you might get mad at me about. But I I also hate acronyms. So if that's your ministry, don't hate me for that. But I just it was that was the '80s, man. It was cool. You wanna know what my youth group was in the '80s? Uh, I hope to say something of substance in a minute, but for now. Um, It's always my hope. Uh, My youth group in the 80s, when I was kind of going through uh, my deal, I was attending, not leading anything. It was called Rowdy. Rowdy. And anybody have that name in here? I was going to say, could you plug your ears? Rowdy, that, that was really good. Rowdy. Um, and actually, I think it still is today, and I, I appreciate the history of it. But um, And so here's what it was. Are you ready for it? You ready for it? Reaching out with discipled youth. Ooh, that's the hotness. R, period, O, period, W, period, D, period, Y, period, rowdy. And, um, you know, there were some great things about the 80s. And there were some not great things about the 80s. And for me, acronyms in youth ministry is one of them. Anyway, sorry. Um, Here's a sad fact, I think. We've got a job to do. There's a lot of people. And I don't don't know if you can say, I think you could probably safely say that, that the circumstances are perhaps more dire than they were, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Although things have always been bad because sin has always been a part of this world. And so teenagers have always been lost. Um, so, so that hasn't changed. I, I would propose to you that maybe what's changed is the volume at which they're being attacked. Because never before has... The, the messages have always been kind of the same. I mean, rebellion and selfishness and you know, lust and all those things. They've always been there. There's nothing new to that. But never before did we have iPods, and did we have cell phones with porn on them, and did we have, you know, computers in every room practically, every bedroom, and did we have uh, all these uh, just uncensored things where it's just, it's so easy to go sit on your Mac, as uh, Ron was pointing out last night, and uh, Ron is actually a great friend and mentor uh, to me, and I have to release and forgive him for the things that he said about Mac last night. Um... I do it by faith. I forgive you, Ron. But, uh, but, um, but the, the point is, you know, it's so easy to walk into your bedroom and go on to iTunes or go on to whatever and jump on a site and just pff, download everything. And mom and dad are clueless. I don't know what's going on. And so, so now where as before years, maybe decades ago, it was maybe a little, maybe a little squirt gun, ps- 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 kind of squirting them in between the eye. oh uh, 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 uh. Now it's like massive fire hose. It's like Niagara Falls, just, pass, just nonstop, no filter, no nothing. It's just hitting them. And you know what, folks? That's where you and I are to stand, in between that and them, With their parents. Make no mistake about that. We aren't, we aren't the only line of defense, and I don't think we're even the first line of defense. I think we, in their lives, may be the second, third, fourth, I don't know, line of defense. So, the sad, th- the sad part is, though, is that, um, and you guys feel free to jump in, because you know that I'll just blab the whole time. If, um, but I think the sad fact is, is that um, probably most youth pastors, uh, if we, I mean, if we were really honest, I, I would guess that, the majority, and I'm not, I'm not willing to say the vast majority, but, but perhaps the majority of youth pastors are, feeling pretty overwhelmed these days, and that's by a whole slew of things. That's not just the job that we have to do and all of that, but it's a lot of those things that we mentioned before. You know, it's it's uh, the senior pastor relationships, and it's the, the lack of training, and it's all the things that you're all familiar with that we probably don't need to go through, but. Just feeling overwhelmed, like, I don't know what to do. I mean, I, 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 what's the deal? In your student ministry, are you finding a lot of students that are just really depressed? Are you there right now? Or are you not? I mean, really, is it? Okay. Uh, are you finding a lot of kids involved in self-injury? Are you there? Just a rampant amount. Well, put your hands up. It's kind of, if it's kind of a deal around your neck of the woods self-injury okay uh, this is now a reflection on you I, I'm, I'm talking about cutting burning uh, in anything in, in the realm of self-injury lift your hand up high okay so not so much how many of you are just not really that familiar it's just not really going on where you are well so what are, you, are you mad at me you don't want to talk to me there's one guy so all right um, what about there's just there's just a, there's a whole slew of things that we're dealing with and it feels somewhat overwhelming is the is the emo scene thing a big deal where you are? <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah, and and it can be it can be tough. What throw out what, throw out? I mean, a lot of, there's a few of you saying, yeah. yeah. Um, what else? What are you dealing with? What are you seeing that other people can can relate to here? What's going on with you? Homosexuality, okay, yeah. Yep. Dude, horrible family life is what she said. And uh, I'll tell you, I'm not supposed to say this. But um, it was like <laughs> youth ministry would be a whole lot easier without some parents. <laughs> I don't say that in any disrespectful way. I I understand that our role as youth pastors is to come alongside parents and to help them. I, I don't have teenagers yet. I've got little little kids, um, so that's not a world that I've even entered into yet. I'm you know I'm approaching from the youth culture side. You, some of you have kids, and so uh, but it's just true. We just deal with we just deal with so many issues where if we could just get the parents, which we all need to kind of learn this lesson. If we can develop things to help our parents, we're going to do a lot to help our students and a lot to make our lives easier. So we're spending some time on that here. Um, anyway, so some of these things are massively overwhelming to us. And you know, you know why I feel safe in saying that is because I hear the story all the time of what youth pastors are doing, of how they're moving up the chain. And they've been in youth ministry. Oh, yeah, brother. I was in youth ministry for, oh, a good, uh, whew, boy, how long was it? Oh, it was a good two months, and then, and then uh, I knew that I'd made the proper step up into a real pastoring, up into a senior pastorate. But well, I'm not quite there. I'm actually just an associate pastor, but I, I'm on the I'm on the track going up the ladder. I want to punch that guy in the throat, man. I I just ticks me off. You, I, I'll show you some real pastors. They're sitting around this room right now. Um, or, uh, yeah, I did youth ministry for a while, but now I, I feel the call to business, and I just, it was a season, and now I'm just, uh, you know, I'm done with that season of my life, and I'm out. And Look, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that that can't happen, but, um, but how often do you hear the story? Is it often? I hear it often, of, uh, you know, yeah, oh yeah, I was called youth ministry, I'm called, I'm called, brother, I'm called, Jesus called me, God called me, he's got me here, he's got me doing it. And then um, two months later, oh, yeah, he called me in, and he's calling me elsewhere now. He's calling me. I'm excited about the next season. I'm excited. You know, God's not that fickle. And God's not going to plant you someplace to let you flounder for two months, wreck a whole bunch of kids by getting them connected to you and then having you jump ship and go and do something else. That ain't the way it works. And, uh, and then just youth pastors dropping out completely, you know. We had, a scenario, we, had a, we had a leader who, it wasn't as bad as we had originally thought, but we had a leader who was leading small group and stuff and doing some, some things and working with some girls who, who had kind of said, um, listen, frankly, I just don't believe in this anymore. I just don't buy it anymore. I mean, she was a good, faithful leader and helping disciple girls, and she ended up just kind of saying, yeah, I just don't believe in this anymore. And there are youth pastors that are saying that these days. So, and there, there's, a, there's a lot of them. So I guess I bring that up for this reason. Maybe you're not feeling overwhelmed today, and that's good. Maybe you're just going to come and get encouraged, because so far I've been so encouraging. Maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe that's not you today. But if that's the case, and let's, let's say two people, if you are overwhelmed today, I hope that you can get some rejuvenation and some life. And maybe we can ease the, the road just a little bit, hopefully. Um, by the grace of God or maybe you're not overwhelmed and you're just saying hey I just want some ideas could you shut up and get to the ideas Well, okay but but uh, but maybe you need to just kind of join the fight then because we need a bunch of youth pastors who are going to get in the face of other youth pastors when they say sitting over lunch in your city your little youth pastor gathering and say yeah well I've been doing this thing for six months now I just know that God's calling me on we need for those of us who are overcoming and not feeling overwhelmed to look them in the eye and say, really? Prove it. Prove it. Convince me. Why? What's going on in your church? You okay with your senior pastor? Oh, no, well, you know, it's, it's rough. And it, is that affecting your decision to go? Oh, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> 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 This means a lot to me. You know why? Because we get so fed up with teenagers in our culture. Parents get fed up. Pastors get fed up. Your, pa- your senior pastor ever gotten fed up with your youth group? <laughs> gotten mad? Uh, you know, one time, this is a good story. One time, uh, I, we, it was Wednesday night. We're having a meeting. We used to meet over here in this place called the Tag Chapel. And um, when we were in there, the, down in the hallway, the hospitality came in. I was about to walk on stage and go preach. And, um, and a hospitality member came in and said, uh, Pastor Brent, Pastor Brent, you've got to come. You've got to come now. And I was like, what? What is the deal? And he's like, "Um, a student just went through the wall. That's an overwhelming kind of a moment. And I was like, well, I'm about to go preach. Are they alive? Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. But there's a human-sized hole in the wall in the hallway. And this was no small boy either. This was a big boy. And so I said, "Well, I'm about to go preach. We'll deal with it later." And so, um, so we dealt with it later. I went out and looked after service, and it was like—I <clears throat> mean, it was much larger than me. It was all the way through the drywall. I mean, just a massive hole. They were messing around and wrestling two big guys, and one of them tripped it just went <clears throat> and just went—it went through the wall. So, 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 I'm talking to the pastor. And I'm saying, um, he said, well, he, "He goes, he goes. Well, I heard that you." Uh, I heard that you guys put a hole in the wall uh, the other night at, at uh, tag, and I said, "Yep, that's true. That's true." And I'm waiting. You know, I've got my I've got my hands out. Here it comes! Here it comes! Here it comes! Here it comes! You know what he said to me? He said, "Well, that is why they make public high schools out of concrete." And you know what else he said to me? Nothing. So we paid for it and fixed it out of my budget. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we fixed it, taped it up, and we went on and did ministry. Not all of you have stories like that. Some of you have the stories of, oh, pastor, we, um, this plastic thing on the bottom of the chair, uh, it came off during youth service. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you know you're paying for that. I know, sir. Yeah, and it's coming out. Yeah, it. And since you don't have a budget, it's coming out of your paycheck. Yeah, so yeah. I'm a volunteer. Well, find the money somewhere to a car wash. <laughs> Oh, once again, it's funny because it's true. Um, let's get to the core of what we want to say here. But I, all this in the way of setup, I just uh, I know that that people get mad, elders and deacons and everybody, they get mad at us and stuff like that, and mad at your kids. Um, and 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 we get mad too, and we're all saying, oh, they just don't love God. Oh, they just man, they they, they won't be discipled. They just won't listen. They're so rebellious, or or we go into worship, they just won't worship. They just, ah, I'm just so frustrated, I just want to get them there, why don't they get there? I've got that overwhelmed feeling, I just can't seem to do it, and I'm I'm stressed, and I'm pressured, and And these things are leading to the departure of youth pastors, and the reason that we're struggling. But here's the thing that I want to propose to us today, is that that is true in a lot of cases. And I'm afraid that, let's just go in, in this realm, in the realm of local church, local churchdom, the kingdom of God, I'm afraid that youth pastors are just a big part of the reason why all that's true. It's because we just, we're, we're like, youth culture, youth culture's lame, they're just, they're making so many mistakes and we're in so much trouble, 4%, oh my gosh, oh, and I already said it, I already said it once, parents, man, this is just so rough, why can't they just did it together? I already said it once you know what though our nation as a whole with churches and youth culture in our churches it is in rough condition and it's because of us collectively as youth pastors because because we've not made some of the right choices and done some of the right things and we've become overwhelmed to the point we've not made the corrections and the fixes we've become overwhelmed We've stopped overcoming, and now we're beat up and tired, and we don't know what else to do, and so we give up. So you may not be in that boat, and thank God for you. That's wonderful. But you know what? It's time for us then to say, let's hold the standard now high for youth pastors in our country. In our country, folks. There's, there's a bigger picture here than you and me and our groups there's a bigger picture here where we, we are in this together. We understand one another. I make a joke like paying for the plastic thing on the bottom of a chair, and you get it. Worship pastors don't get it. They stand up on the stage. Oh, hallelujah. And the senior pastor says, oh, that was wonderful. Give them money. Worship was so great this morning. It was so wonderful and so incredible. How was youth? What? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately for you, you're schizophrenic. (laughs) Because uh, your pastor's like, like, hey, worship, man, Mm, presence, power of God. That was so great. So proud of you. I love working with you. Do you know what the deacon told me about Wednesday night? You know. So I, I, I don't mean I don't mean to I don't mean to bring the heavy. That's not my goal. It's not my task. That's not what I want at all. I I just want to I want to emphasize the point that there's more to it than uh, us just being so close-minded as to I got to grow my group, grow my group, grow my group, grow my group, grow my group. If you have this tunnel vision, growing your group, growing your group, growing your group, and we're losing youth pastors left and right, left and right, good for you. You've got a good little group of disciples there. But all over your city, teenagers are going to hell. Yeah, that's right. Because we're not in support and, and holding up the standard of youth ministry in our country. Does that make sense to you? So, so if you're not overwhelmed, praise God. But let's help one another who are all those who are. So, really, we, I, I've got some core things that we that we kind of talk about around here and that we we um, kind of cling to and that we uh, put our focus and our attention on. And I, we're, I'm just going to kind of conversationally share them with you and see where we are. I mean, like I said, we're, we're not at all presumptuous to think that we've got things together. Dear God, over these past ten months, we just felt like everything's falling apart. Um, can I just say something about it, though, is that uh, our youth ministry is going strong praise God for that and and I'll and I'll just I'll tell you it ain't because we're perfect and did all the right things and made everything happen right, it's certainly not it's miraculous it's miraculous it is a miracle of God and a testament to this church and to uh, uh, our interim senior pastor Ross who's led us through and, and the families and the Old folks and everybody in this church pulling together, we really, we really haven't lost much at all, and so we are grateful to the King of Kings for that. Um, so here are a few ideas that we'll present to you. One of the things that concerns me the most and makes me feel really overwhelmed when I get myself into doing it is when I, um, when I focus on the focus on the natural first, and then I get to the supernatural, meaning when I think about youth ministry, and the first thing that comes to my mind is what? Cultural relevance, the best video, the coolest worship, the hottest facility, all the great stuff, the right clothes. I'm 32 years old. I'm wearing the same shoes I wore when I was in eighth grade. You know, that that whole vibe, and we go there first, and we we put all of our attention on the natural stuff. Why? Because because out there we're competing with all these all these other things, and movie theaters, and we're competing with uh, the mall, and we're competing with Lost on Wednesday nights when they're not taking that stupid long break that's way too long, or when <laughs> yeah, that's a room full of youth workers, all right. I know what you mean. Um, You know, we focus on all those things first. And here's the deal. Those things will get overwhelming to you. You know why? Because you'll never, ever, 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 ever keep up. You'll never catch up. You'll never keep up. You'll never win if you focus on those things first. But it seems to make the most sense. Why? Because we want to be relevant to the culture. And I'm not saying that you need to ignore that. I'm not saying that Uh, I'm probably close to believing that and as I get older I'm probably getting closer to believing that but uh, but culturally relevant is not necessarily what we're after here we are after a supernatural experience with Jesus and so here's the deal when I am when I I'm now 32 so when I am um, 40 I'm gonna be even worse it's happened to me I thought I would always be pretty good I thought I'd always be pretty good at knowing what was happening, what the bands were, what the shows were, what everything was, so I could always throw the right illustration into my sermon, and I'd be able to know what was going on. I could look at an emo kid and a scene kid and go, you're emo, you're scene." I can't tell the difference between the two. And uh, you know, the, whole, the whole vibe, I thought I would always be pretty good, and I'm hanging in there as best I can. But you know what? The longer I go, the less I know, and that is okay with me. I'm gonna give in to that. And I'm gonna ask kids for the information that I need to know as I get older. But you know what? I'll never win. I'll never compete. We're about to build a cinemark over here. You see the sign? There's a cinemark that's gonna go up to some big movie theater over here. I'm never gonna be able to compete with that. I can't. Our room's not cool enough. We have a multi-purpose room. It's the theater. All the groups meet in there. We have to make it something every Wednesday night. We have, to, we have a big setup team. They're bringing in boards and posters and big things to try to set it up to make it feel like our vibe. Children's ministry does the same thing on Sunday mornings. We don't even have our own facility. We don't have all the cool stuff that you, wanna, you initially go, Teenagers, let's go get them with the cool stuff. And then when we get them in, we'll get Jesus in them. I think it's a trap. I know that flies in the face. And some of you are like, well, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll tell you this. I plan plan on 10 years from now focusing on the Word of God and worship and prayer and life-giving relationships, discipleship with people. That's it. And I will always want to do that. And I'll always be pretty good at that. Because I've got the Spirit of God working in me to help me do that. And those are the core things that will always, always, always produce great fruit. The video that you are frantically working on at Tuesday night, Tuesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, because you don't have a volunteer that's good at video and you're the only guy that can do it and you're working on Final Cut Pro and you can't figure it out. Dear God, i got youth service in five minutes and I haven't even looked at my Bible yet! Who's got online sermons? Jesus, help me! That's the overwhelming feeling that I'm talking about. Why? Because you're going natural, 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 natural. Let's get them with the natural, and then let's hit them with the supernatural. But you know what happens? You get them in with the natural, and then you try to hit them with the supernatural, and they go, Huh? Dude, where's the video? Last week, you had a sweet video. <laughs> What's this Jesus thing? Okay, so what happens here is students show up. And not that we don't have video here. We do. No, we don't use lights. We do. I mean, it's obvious. We've been using it all weekend long. But, but that's not what we do. That's not what we focus our time and attention on. No way. There's no power in that. You, you can't compete. You'll never win. But I always win with Jesus. Because the presence... You don't lose when they get in the presence you don't lose you cannot lose there it's always a win it's a win for them it's a win for you because you can do the presence the rest of your life you can't do video the rest of your life does that make sense and so that's one of the areas where we stopped being overwhelmed and we decided to overcome and it's been working for us so you know what happens now because because that because there's that focus for us because that's the primary thing that we do because that exists there now the students that come they know what they're getting into they know that they're coming for the word and worship and prayer and some discipleship relationships they know that's what they're gonna get so what kind of students does that draw powerful ones hungry ones diligent ones they ain't perfect Dear God, they're not perfect. But they come, and so we take them, and we gather them together, and we worship hard with them to the appropriate length. And then we teach them to the sometimes appropriate length. And then we, because I'm long-winded, I'm a windbag. And so we, we do all these things with them, and then what happens? They get rocked, and they get passionate, and then what do they do? Then they're the ones that go out, and they do the work of drawing. Through what? Relationship not through a video so if they show up to our meeting and they don't have a video they don't care no one ever comes to me after tag and says how come we didn't have a video how come we didn't have a game do you know what they ask me they ask me worship is kind of short tonight why do we do that those are the kind of questions they ask do you know what happens around here is that the, the, I get calls from kids Pastor Brent, hey, dude, um, stuff going down, we just wanted to let you know, there's a group of us gathering at the World Prayer Center, we're going to have a prayer meeting, just wanted to let you know and invite you if you wanted to come. Okay, bye. I get those kinds of messages. Why? Because we focused on the supernatural stuff, we focused on Jesus. And then the other things, if you get to add it, great. And I know you're saying, dude, that doesn't work, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I disagree. (laughs) It works here every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night. It works every retreat. And then they go out and do the work of evangelism. I'm not overwhelmed in that area because they're doing it. You with me on that? You guys? Yeah. Anything? You're with me? Good, I'm glad. (laughs) I agree. So so we place our focus on those kinds of things. The way that we talk about it, and this is familiar to those of you who've hung with us before, but it's um we call it the three-legged stool essentially. And it's just, that's what it is. Word of God, worship and prayer, life-giving relationships. Everything that we do. Camps, retreats, meetings, small groups, whatever. We just say, that's it. That's what we do. And it's all built on that. And then we'll add some icing if we can, when we can. Like right now, because of the circumstances that we're going through and reduction in force and different things that are happening to us as a church, I really don't have a video guy. I've got a guy who's come in and he's trying to help us and he's kind of relearning a little bit. I don't have that guy. I don't love that, but I don't hate it either. Why? Because my ministry is not built on that. That's not stressing me out. I'm not losing sleep over that. Why? Because I can show up on Wednesday night and I can find the presence. And I can lead them to the presence. Um, let's see. Uh, some other ideas. Uh, this is a, let's try to do this one a little quicker. But um, I, there have been times when I've been a little bit afraid. And I felt overwhelmed because I've been afraid to lead them to the truth. I've been afraid to lead them to truth. I I look around youth ministry in the nation and I I get concerned because I see this movement that is leading us towards, I'm probably going to step on toes here. (laughs) I see this movement towards this philosophical, let's ask the deep questions and let's let's just investigate because none of us really know anything and uh, it's okay for us to have all these questions going on. Let's just, let's sit down and let's journey together and lack faith together and doubt together and not believe in Jesus together. Let's do that. Ooh, sorry. That was strong. Um, But... But I see that happening. Now look, I know I know that that there are questions. I'm not ignorant sometimes. And I, I know that I know that the students are gonna ask questions especially, and I know that we don't have all the answers, and I don't think we should ever try to have all the answers. But I do believe that there is a core of absolutes in the scripture. And that may be really, really small. And probably the older I get, it might, that core might be getting even smaller and smaller. And then outside, we used to use it around here a lot. And if you've read books like Primary Purpose and things like that, you know, you've maybe seen it, that there's a, we believe that there's kind of a core of absolutes in the scripture that you just, you can't really get away from. But outside of that, there's a larger circle that's just kind of interpretation. And, uh, and then outside of that, there's a larger circle that's just deductions and things that we have deduced from studying passages of Scripture. You, are you with me? Outside of that, then there's just cultural norms and, and preferences and, and style and different things like that. And so. We argue about all those things and all the big fights that we always have with other denominations and this youth group and that. We're typically, most of the time, we're just fighting over like deductions or interpretations, or maybe we're fighting over style or things like that. Probably some of you are here desperation going, Oh, that's terrible. I can't believe that they're doing that. And you might be thinking, I don't think we're going to come back because they did that, or that happened, or this speaker did, or said that, or whatever. We're not going to come participate in that anymore. And it might just be that it's not necessarily over an absolute. It might just be over a style or a deduction or something like that. So there is a core of absolutes that we really believe in. And, I mean, uh, probably if we all surveyed and talked about that, those core, that core might look different. But there are some that you just can't get away from. I mean, Jesus the only way you can't get away from that if you're a youth pastor in a church and you don't believe that God help you (laughs) so when he says I am the way the truth and the life that's an absolute you can't get away from that so so there are some core ideas like that but we still try to be so relevant and smooth and soft and gentle and and not not be offensive because we got visiting kids and so we don't want to say he's the only way And so what are we creating in that, in our students? We're creating a bunch of people that just say, I don't know. He doesn't know. She doesn't know. So what am I doing here? Instead of those core things that we do know, recognizing what's absolute, what's interpretation, what's deduction and leading them to the truth. Not being afraid to stand up on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, whenever you meet, and say, hey, everybody, Jesus is the only way. He is it. And so when you don't go there, when you don't lead them somewhere, when you don't aggressively pursue and go somewhere with them, you end up with weak, mamsy-pamsy kids wandering around. Oh, I don't know what to believe. And does that feel overwhelming? You bet it does, quick. Because you don't know what to do with them now. So the times when I've been afraid to do that, we just stop doing that. And so now we'll stand strong and say, Jesus is, in fact, the only way. You can argue with me all you want, but I will not back down on this one. I'll talk about the Holy Spirit with you, and we'll argue all about that all night and all day and into next week, and your parents can call me and fight with me all you want. Because the baptism and all that stuff, we can go round and round and round and round about that. I will not sacrifice. I will not step down when it comes to Jesus. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay so so I think I think that we we've done ourselves and our churches a disservice by jumping into some of that philosophy and some of that movement Um, we've kinda already covered the idea of we just don't stick around long enough (laughs) Um, I've been here for seven years and you know what's really sad about that I'm like a grandpa in youth ministry I should be a little whippersnapper ...green, wet behind the ears... ...not knowing much about how to disciple kids... ...but really excited and passionate about doing it. That should be my position. But in the culture of youth ministry in America... ...I'm an expert. Just because I've been doing it for seven years. Folks, I have tons to learn. I'm a baby. (laughs) Well, in my face anyway. I'm actually getting old. But, But I should not be one of the ones... ...who's been doing it the longest... Now, there are those of you in the room that are doing it, have been doing it way longer than I have, and you're heroes, and I look up to you. Um, but there are plenty of youth pastors that just haven't stuck around long enough. And I'll, I'll just give you a practical here on this. That we, um, we, we say around here at the church that it takes two years to have your first day. Some of you may have heard us say that before. It's, a, it's just a, it's a real helpful thing that helps you process a little bit how to get into student ministry it takes two years really to have your first day in youth ministry you you can I I mean man I I remember the day it happened I was I was uh, I I preached on a Wednesday night it was right around my two-year mark and up to that time it was me I was like you want to go to coffee with me do you have a game can I come to your game Uh, And you know and they're all like I guess (laughs) weirdo why do you want to hang with me? You're, like, old. I'm, like, hip and cool. And, and, and I'm like, please, let me come to your game. Get me your schedule. I'd like to be there. Do you like Starbucks, meh, Frappuccino? And I'm, I'm trying really hard. And, and they're like, yeah, OK. I guess we'll let you tag along once. And if you're cool, we might think about it twice. But we'll see. So then at, two year, at the two-year mark, all of a sudden, you know what happened? Clicked. And so on that Wednesday night, I'll never forget it. I preached, we prayed, I ended. And you know what? Students. Never happened before. Brent, I need to talk to you. Brent, I need to meet with you. Brent, listen, man, I'm going through this thing with my family. You've got to pray with me. You've got to help me. Why? What happened there? Is it a magical two-year number? No. But it was long enough for me to be around to prove that I wasn't going anywhere. So what happens is, you jump into youth ministry, and then 18 months in, you go, Oh, man, whew, I'm getting called elsewhere, and God wants me to do other greater, bigger, better things, And when in reality, you're just mad because you're not getting along with the senior pastor because he, uh, he has a vision for the church, and you don't want to have that same vision. And so you're off in rebellion doing your own thing, and you're mad at him for it. <laughs> I don't understand that. But all that's happening, and so, and so all of a sudden, what What, Jesus? What? What? Oh, yes, I will be called on elsewhere for better service in your kingdom. And so they bail out at 18 months. What happens to those kids? They were almost to the point where they were about to trust you. One of them was, what? Almost adopted. One of them's thinking. One of them's sitting there thinking, listening to you on Wednesday night. I want to go talk to him. I want to go talk to him. I want to go talk to him. I'm not sure yet, though. What if, I don't know. I don't know if he wants to listen to me. I don't know if he wants to talk to me. I'm not sure yet. But I think he is. But I'm not sure. And you say, kids, just want to let you know, God and his sovereignty has called me onward. Man, those youth pastors are going to answer for that someday. Because those kids' hearts just went... Now, there are legitimate times where that happens, I understand. But those kids... And you know what that kid's thinking? He was about to come talk to you because his dad left him when he was a young kid. And he has troubles trusting adults. Troubles giving his life over and being accountable to somebody. And he was about to come and tell you the sin that he's dealing with. And now he's not going to do it. I told you I was going to encourage you today. You know what I just, you know, I, you know what's in me? We got to overcome We've got to overcome, and overcoming, I think, the way, the way this is turning out is we've got to all overcome for student ministry in our nation. We've got to fight for this. Um, how about this one? Have you ever had this happen to you? I have. I've been overwhelmed when i failed to model passionate pursuit of God. So have you ever done this? I've done it. I've watched youth pastors do it. I've watched pastors do it. I've watched a lot of people do it. Worship's going on. It's hot. It's great. Presence is there. And and here's what the youth pastor's doing. Or this. <laughs> Kids are around worshiping, worshiping, worshiping and they're going like this. And then and then what happens? then the the well, I'm being real negative. Sorry, golly, I'm trying to find the positive, but I just <laughs> I'm depressing myself. So, so please see the positive in this. I'm admitting to you my faults when I felt overwhelmed, and it's uh, quite negative. But, but the point is, is that we've seen through them and we've reached the positive. So what happens is, is that uh, so they're they're looking at you, and and suddenly they're like, well, I don't, I, if he's not gonna do it, I'm not gonna do it. Have you ever heard the saying that you can't lead people where you haven't gone yourself? And do you know what youth ministry really is? It's modeling. I'm sorry, did you think it was your sermons? (laughs) Surely by now you know that it's not. I know that's the thing you pour your heart and soul into, but try it one night. Try saying the next week. What did we talk about last week? (laughs) yeah right that sounds like from experience what did I say 10 minutes ago you know so so we can't get in the trap of thinking that that is the way that it works what is it it's us modeling and that's pretty much it and so so suddenly the question is asked of your student ministry man why don't my kids worship why don't my kids worship Man, I, when was the last time you were at home, and you popped in a CD in your room, and you just lifted your hands? Can I, can I be transparent with you for a second? I think I have been more so, sorry, today, but can I, for me, over these past 10 months, that's been a rarity. It's been, it hasn't been as much as it should be. This morning, though, I, Britt Hancock, who some of you may have listened to him, and and he didn't step on toes. He took a machete and cut him off. But, um, and I love him for it. i got to be honest with you. But he, um, he, he's inspired me about this, the presence of Jesus, the presence, the presence, the presence. So this morning, I got up, and I put on a CD, and I danced in my living room. I danced in my room just for the first time in months, maybe a year or two. I just danced. I didn't say, oh God, help me preach good this morning because there's a whole lot of kids and I don't want to stink it up. Oh God, help me in my seminar because I don't want to be a fool. There's <laughs> not much help there. Uh, <laughs> God, God, just please, please, please. I, I didn't do any of that. I just danced. I just said, God, I love you. I want your presence. I'm here. I'm giving everything I have to you. And you know what happened? The overwhelming feelings that I was having why? Because the presence of Jesus fixes it, solves it, helps you in it. Am I talking too much? i got to wrap up here. It looks like we may not get to much best practice. You'll have to find some time and share that on on your own. Um, but, uh, let's see. I, uh, I, do, I do think this is valuable because this is one of the big ones. Lastly, um, we, uh, we get overwhelmed when we... Uh, when we, let's see, what's the best way to say it? We get overwhelmed when we just fail to be sharp. <laughs> Meaning, when we, when, let's say it this way, we're overwhelmed when we neglect wisdom and knowledge. Because uh, we're youth pastors, man. Dude, I'm the youth pastor. I'm the crazy guy of the church. It's my responsibility to put kids through walls. That's what I do. I just take kids, I just chug them through. It's awesome. You know? That kind of thing happens. Uh, we, we have this reputation of being that. Of being the crazy guy. The wild-haired crazy man. Wild-haired crazy woman. And and uh so we use that as an excuse to say oh yeah that's right that's me we're the youth group and we're fun we're crazy we're wild so what we do is we plan rafting trips and we don't get permission waivers and we don't let parents know what the dates are and we don't do anything we just we just oh pastor you didn't know about that trip oh sorry about that well it's great having a meeting with you and he's like "What, what 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 is the deal oh pastor i didn't submit my budget i'm crazy don't you love working with me? And he says, no, you're an irresponsible slob. And we say, but I'm the youth guy. That's why we're losing. We're better than that. We can do better than that. Where's the youth pastor that says, hey man, hey pastor, here's an idea that I've got. And it's just burning in me. I wanted to just submit it to you. Here it is. Here's, I know you don't have a lot of time right now. I called about the meeting. I emailed about a meeting. Your, your secretary said you didn't have time. That's totally cool. If I could slip this memo to you, when you get a chance, just read it. And let me know what you think at your time, okay? Thank you very much for your time. Where's that? Where's that? Where's that youth pastor? Because you know what happens to that guy? That senior pastor goes, oh, Hamana, homina hamana, hamana, I love you why because what you did was you just added value to his life because what's he doing most of his time in a lot of these realms he's trying to put out the fires that we created and then we wonder why why don't I have a budget why don't I have any favor from my pastor why why doesn't he meet with me why doesn't he like me why does he yell at me all the time because he's putting out every fire. He doesn't have time to be nice to you. He's got to be correcting us all the time. Overwhelmed. He's overwhelmed because we're overwhelmed and we're overwhelming him. We turn that around and we say yes to knowledge. We say yes to wisdom. We say yes to planning. We say yes to strategy. We say yes to prayer and preparation. We say yes to communicating well with parents. We say yes to having manners and being nice to parents, even when we don't really want to. When we do all of those things, we add value to his life. It happened here to me one time. I, just, I, um, and I'll say this, and then we'll we'll pray and go, because I need to probably meet kids probably real quick. He said, um, "Let's see. We had a situation where this kid, um, how'd that work? This kid was skating." outside on a wednesday night and and there was a conflict with one of the leaders and he was trying to move this bench that this kid was grinding on and so he's wrecking the bench and paint chips flying everywhere and he's like oh we can't do that so he picks it up to move it the kid skates over doesn't ollie wham just nails the bench <laughs> And he gets mad and he grabs the kid by the arm. He's like, you don't. And he's wrestling with him. And, and so the kid's jacket rips and he pulls back. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And everyone's freaking out. You know, it's escalating quickly. So, the, so that night late, I get a phone call from the mom. And so OK, there's something happened at Tag last night. We're real concerned about it. And so, so uh, I got that call. So what did I do? I didn't say, Psh, whatever. She's so overreacting. She's overprotective of her son. I didn't say that. I said, okay. Um, the next morning, I listened to the message. I called her up right away, early in the morning. Called her at 8 30, 9 o'clock. You were up then? <laughs> yeah. Um, I called her and said, hey, what happened? Got the story. My first phone call was to the pastor, to Pastor Ted. Hey, just a left message. He didn't answer hey, just want to let you know this happened last night. I'm on it. I'm dealing with the mom, dealing with the dad. It's okay. Everything's fine right now. Let me know if you need anything from me. Click, right? So then later that afternoon, he gets an email from the dad. So what happens? That email comes in. He goes, oh, yeah, great. I already know about that. That's great. It's being handled. I know you're talking to Brent. Things seem good. Let me know if you need me. What did I do? I added value to him and his ministry. And so what did he do? He blessed me because of it. And that's not to toot my horn, it's just to say, that's the way that we need to be. And when you live that way, suddenly, suddenly, you're not overwhelmed anymore. Suddenly the burdens are beginning to lift. As you focus on Jesus, as we get responsible, as we make good decisions, all these things, they start to work together and the overwhelming feelings go away and the overcoming begins. Because now you have time to focus on your prayer life. Because now you have time to press into the scriptures. Because you now you actually have time, imagine this, to prepare an actual talk. I know you don't believe me. <laughs> but you have time to really study the scripture. and You have time to get it into you. All that stuff begins to happen. And you start, in your ministry, you start overcoming, overcoming, overcoming. Because you're focused on the right things. Because you're making good decisions. Does that make sense? So I know, I know that this is not a practical deal necessarily there's some ideas in there um but uh oh you know what happened with that story it was real funny because it turns out that guy was like major massive official for the olympics or something and so he's like this big powerful man and that could have squashed us all and thank god that uh was that kid's dad and we almost all got in a lot of trouble but god saved us anyway um so that's what happens though so um I know there's not a, a lot of practical stuff, and I, it would have been real fun to kick some ideas around. This group is really large to do that in, but I'm kind of tired of I'm kind of tired of. Um, well, here's what we do in our small groups, and this is our structure, and this is our this is our systems, and this is what we do, and there's there's time for that. But I don't think that's necessarily our problem. Why? Because we're all smart people. And we all understand what works in our culture and what doesn't work in our culture. And so that's where you need to go to Jesus and get the answers for the systems and the strategies. And You can steal from other people, which is what I was hoping to do from you today, but I didn't get to. Um, And and you can take those things. But I don't think that's where really the problem lies in youth ministry. I wanted to attack this today a little bit because I think that the problem lies in our focus, in our catering too much to students and youth culture instead of taking all that catering off. Because what are we doing? We're catering to students, catering to students, catering to students, catering to students. And what are we producing? Selfishness in them. The whole world is catering to them. Advertising, marketing, and entertainment, it's all going towards them. So let's take it off and let's give them a reason to be selfless. Let's teach them to be selfless. Let's model what it means to be selfless, to give ourselves away in worship, to go the extra mile, to do all the things the scripture tells us to do. And by doing that, I think we overcome. See, I think that philosophy, I think that's where our problem lies in the States. I could keep going. Let's pray. Father, thanks for my friends, some time to spend together. Lord, I, I just, I pray that something that we've, just talked on, spurs some things in people to, to just process and to think and to, to go after this thing because God, we need an army of youth pastors who are trained and who are passionate. God, not perfect because none of us are. We're all trying to figure it out and oh God, we acknowledge that we need you so desperately if we're ever going to figure this thing out and turn the tide and rescue a generation, we've got to have you. But Father, we pray today that you would raise up an army of men and women of God who are passionate first about you, who are passionate about your word, who are passionate about worshiping you, who are passionate about your presence, who are passionate about teenagers then. And combining all those things together, we encourage one another in the faith. We encourage one another and spur one another on to accomplish great things for your kingdom by helping students understand what it means to find and fulfill their purpose in their generation. God, in Jesus' name, help us today. Lord, if there are people who are overwhelmed, Lord, I pray that they would be able to make some switches here that will take the pressure off and help them to launch forward. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those who aren't overwhelmed but are overcoming in their student ministry that they would stand up as a beacon of hope and reach out to those in their city that they know are struggling to be an encouragement, not a know-it-all, but an encouragement to say, hey, is there anything that our group can do to help you? Would you like to just get together? God, just show us creative ideas so that we can reach the youth pastors in our nation that are struggling and hurting, that are overwhelmed today. God, use us in this room to raise up an army of men and women who will lead the charge to rescue this generation. In Jesus' name I ask these things. Thank you, thank you, thank you. By the power of your spirit, by your grace. In Jesus' name. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry at New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for Local Churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.